Hello and welcome to the Riff Raff and Rory podcast. On this podcast, I aim to inspire change by speaking to people that I relate to and we'll be discussing a range of subjects and topics including trauma, adversity, healing and mental health and well-being. Thomas Ryan. He is a community activist who is struggling with his mental health, lost both his parents and had been struggling in his own hidden homeless challenges also. He is a proud member of the LGBT community and is hugely influenced by volunteering and writing poetry. Community work. South Tipperary Mental Health Services. Family support. Systematic health. Poetry. LGBT. Vulnerability. Nature, holistic, night and day, connection of the heart. Welcome to the Riff Raff and Rory podcast. Another episode, another week. This week, I'm joined by a community hero, Thomas himself. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Rory. Thanks for having me. I hope you're well. Ah, flying it. I'm here in the other side of your apartment. We're uh, you trying to friend. negotiate... Uh, Technology issues here, but uh, all good. We sorted it. We sorted it. It's uh, an honor to uh, be uh, invited into your home, uh, which last time I think we were actually not far from here and different conversations in the past, which we'll come to maybe in the projects that you're planning in the next few weeks. But um, yeah, maybe to uh, get the ball rolling, just very, say, lightly, uh, do you want to give maybe just a slight backdrop to your current landscape maybe? And then we can kind of well, pivot off that. Yeah, well, at present now, as many people may know or may not know, as Ori said, I am a community activist. I do a lot of community work with mental health. Uh, currently, the public relations officer for the South Tiberian Involvement Centre. I'm also involved with the Clamel Remembrance Walk, which I founded, which is a walk we do every year since 2019 uh, to mark World Suicide Prevention Day, which takes place on the 10th of September. And we also do uh, also do a new, a new thing that we started this year called Shine Light in May for Mental Health and Suicide, which was very well uh, done. And we launched it at the council buildings here in Cromwell, uh, Fort Tipperary. Uh, we had the mayor along with some council representatives and we also had our senator, uh, Gareth Hearn, who was there as well. So all, a little bit more about me, uh, not just mental health, I'm involved with, I'm also involved with community. I'm the Vice Chair of the Friends of Such Fairies General Hospital Limited, and I'm also involved with the Hospital Radio, where I've been broadcasting for the last 17 years as a volunteer broadcaster. Wow, like it's something that, you know, I'm only touching on because I'm only young in my journey as a broadcaster, or podcaster, or whatever way we want to envelope these different phrases. And uh, I was so lucky in so many ways, like because... A lot of our journey together connected over two years ago at this stage, actually. When I was down here first uh, in the crossover with other mental health movements. And like, it's amazing to see even where I'm sitting here now in your current landscape of where you're living, how quickly time changes and how much growth mm. has happened since we last connected. And um, like uh, the one thing that has really, say, shot me in the arm, really, to use the vaccination uh, image is the level of uh, how Clamel has really like launched Tipperary in so many different ways. And I'd say 
it probably all goes back to really, I'd say, the early days of your foundation with the hospital, to be fair. Uh, yeah, it goes back a long way. Uh, so really, even before I joined the hospital radio and all that, I was doing volunteer work in the car shops here in Clonmel. And Annie would know I've also done a lot of work with the community uh, bingo as well. So charity work has been a lot in me, but um, the mental health side of it kind of came in back in 2015 when I was on the council panel mental health here in Tiberi, now known as the mental health forums uh, around the county and uh, around the country as well. And that's kind of where the mental health kind of came in more than anything else. Uh, so a lot of community work has started out from something small uh, to, to what it is now. Many people would know me for the work I've done. Yeah, but like, you know, even more so, like the friendship that we've uh, created as well on the back of it has been mm. such a blessing and it's been such a promising chapter yeah. in so many ways that really Clamel has opened doors for me in so many different ways, just in like relationships, say, with the level of uh, people that I've met, as you said, with the like event that we connected through, be it with Garrett or um, Jason, who we- I spoke to recently and all the rest of these Fantastic we people did, that yeah, I've been. Back in, back in 2019. Exactly, when we had yeah. The, uh, when you had the honour of sitting in the Mirror's Row, as you want to call it, in the town hall here in Clonmel, uh, when yeah, we done the thing known as Mental Health and Me. Because I think they attended about by 30 or 40 people that was at it. Obviously, the pandemic has been you know, a huge challenge for everybody, but like the growth yeah. that I've seen in so many ways has been so stark. Like even walking down the street just there right now, like you'd feel like forgotten kings would be some um, mm. phrases that would come to mind on, you know, feeling like, you know, rural rural and or, and or urban communities are really hit. But at the same time, the amount of change that's coming in so many other ways, it's incredible. Maybe the high street, you know, generally, as we have known it, may have changed. But from what has changed also is the momentum on health services and provisions for people that are struggling. So, like, there's so much change coming, please God, that naturally these shifts, hopefully, as you said, with the likes of mental health services and all these other journeys, really will amalgamate into something really beautiful, please God. Rory, not looking at a negative now, but as you probably know yourself, the mental health stage has been very bad in Tiberi for many, many years. Uh, Connell lost the uh, unit of St. Michael's back in 2012, yeah. and back then, the former Minister of Foreign Health, Kathleen Lynch, who was the Labour Party, turned around and did say that his written blood would not be open. Since then, we were promised a Rolls-Royce service for the county. We have a population of 161,000 people in the county, expanding nearly, I'd say, over 100 miles from Carrington Shore right up to the edge of, of Nina, Ross Gray, even further. And that we borderline five counties. Our mental health services in Tipperary. If you're in need of a bed, in Nina, you have to travel all the way to Ennis and Clare. And if you're in, let's say here in Clamell or in Tipperary or in Carrick, you have to go to Kilkenny. So not only that you're only leaving your own home, you're leaving your own county uh, to go to services that are really, really are bad. What's holding these services here in the county are the volunteer groups. As I said, like you have the Lakes of Karma up in Nina, you have Seesaw, you have Taxi Watch. Well, Dan is doing a fantastic job on it. You have the River Tour Zoo Super Club, uh, two various five mental health services looking for beds. There's loads of volunteers out there that are doing this work, that are 
keep us safe and really are keeping mental health. So really it's gentle the volunteers that are keeping Tipperary, who has one of the highest rates of suicide outside of Dublin. And really, I have been saying it for years, and many would know that I'm on it, that anything outside of Dublin is forgotten when it comes to mental health. The M50, once you pass the M50, that's it. It's forgotten about. And it's something wrong, really, that shouldn't be done. Like the current Minister of Mental Health is a woman from Watford. There's only 30 miles south of where we are sitting right now. And like she's promised us sun, moon, stars, and we're getting nothing. It's all going to Watford. And I'm signing out to sound so negative, but like, no, I, I have met three ministers of mental health over the last five years. And two, two out of those three ministers have said that Tipperary is a priority for beds. Now, people are jumping up and down with excitement saying that Clamell is getting 10 beds. We're not. What the 10 beds come to Clamell is replacement for what is the crisis house which has been in Clamell for many years, and it's only been rebu- rebuilt as a new unit. And basically, we're getting two extra beds for that. That's about it. So really, as I said before, the services in Clamell and Tipperary are knocking on the doors of hell since we lost our unit back in 2012. Many would say St. Michael's wasn't a great place, but at least we knew there was hell there. And in the later years of it, when it was before it closed, it was starting to come right. Like people were happy with it and report like that was saying it was improving and improving. But they were working out, but then it was closed because of cost cutting measures back in 2012 as a part of the rehancing of uh, budget cuts due to the collapse of the economy and all that. So really that's what has been affecting Camel since Antibury, not just Camel, but since both north and south of counties. Yeah, and it's sure even where I spent, even when we spoke at one stage recently, time in Kilkenny, like you couldn't even mm. go, you know, you have to say you brought out of your county borders to go elsewhere. And I suppose what we're talking about for people that don't know these phrases locally as the place names will be inpatient treatment services or um, just outpatient services to support psychiatric or mental health services. And the one thing that uh, I was very fortunate through my producer uh, to be teed up with was uh, one of these leading questions, which I think actually might maybe open this up a bit more, uh, which was uh, back on the first episode, uh, I was very lucky to have two fathers. They both were talking about their sons who were affected by suicide. Their sons sadly took their lives due to mental health issues. And, you know, obviously the trauma that's been left after that is devastating. I suppose the question that was thrown out there, and I suppose I, I can equally discuss this as much as well, was how has the mental health issues on this journey led you to be where you are now in prevention? Well, in all fairness, like if it wasn't for my own family, uh, I wouldn't be here today. As I said, yeah. I'm, I'm located on the quay, which is known as the river here in Clamell, like beautiful river shore where I'm living. And many times since I had my bad turns, I went to the river to take my own life. But I just thought and stopped that I have like nieces, nephews, brothers and sisters that are there. Uh, sadly, my mom and dad have passed away uh, because of cancer and other things. And since my mom passed away back in 2017, that's when my mental health started. Uh, lost the family home uh, because cancer wouldn't let me keep it. And then we went to, I personally came what's known as hidden homeless. Uh, where it's not registered or anything like that, that I was sofa surfing, which is the new term for 
sleeping on a sofa in either a friend's house or in a relative's house. And I was doing that between uh, my brothers and my sisters. And it was only in May of 2020, at the height of the COVID pandemic, that I got my own place. And now it's not the one right now, this is the new place I got. Uh, but I got my own place. And ever since I got my own place and went back to work in last October in 2020 as well, uh, my life started changing. So I've seen that change in me. I've seen a brighter me and a better me. But as I said, I did reach out for help. And my old job that I was in uh, gave me that help. And they referred me to Peter House in Waterford uh, to the work counselor. And I must say, they did help me. Now, many would know my stance against the uh, character of Peter House, but their counselors that they have working for him are second to none. And I'm not going to have counselors down there. All the counselors that do work for the likes of Peter House alone, CSON, all that, they're, they're fantastic. Maybe even in that idea in itself, like it keeps the ser- safety and serenity between you and the river as well, you know, and the level of, you know, I see even the level of the where we were talking, like in one of the other conversations that please God, in the next few months, we'll be doing some content around the river. Like it just shows you that like you really can return home. And like a lot of the areas of a lot of the work that I've been really focused on in the last few weeks is all about being a return, returning home. And I mentioned that phrase earlier, forgotten kings. Yeah. Um, I suppose even if you look at like the likes of Brian Baru and all of these people in Munster and like the real levels of Tipperary that was really set before us and that ember that like really lit the fire for the pride that we live in this county. And then, as you said, like for the level of even my own therapist used to work down here in Clamel back in St. Michael's back in the day. And it's, 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 it's shocking to see our own citizens, you know, not looked after in the sense of, suffering like genuinely suffering um, yeah. and lives being lost behind it and you know the fact that we've been through the systems you have that experience that you're like it's not fair and it's not right um, people shouldn't be treated in that way not saying it's down to malpractice now or anything at all my god to say services in Ireland are very good but again I would still question the systematic approach because you know in so many ways I've even pushed that way my future self has always been like don't ever lie back and don't ever lie down because you never can blink too quickly to think if you lose your legs you're like oh would I lose my own stability and safety Mm. there's so much change in any way it's just like you never know where you're going and when you're in a mental health situation you have to always stay working like there's never a situation where it stops okay so the next area that I'd like to explore was as I said an area that was dropped in for discussion um and it's where, as I was saying earlier, with the forgotten points a lot of the time in life, you have ancestry. Um, and this probably comes into your own journey, Thomas, as well, where like with the community especially, what way do you approach your own taboo subjects like mental health or your own, say, um, sexuality, I hope that's okay to bring that in here. What's your own process, I suppose, in regards to mental health or managing yourself? Because obviously that taboo, the, the, the taboo or stigma in general, I'd say the subject is nearly irrelevant. Just society doesn't really manage it well, I suppose, is the point. Well, in regards to my own mental health, I just kind of got myself. I try and keep on top of myself. Uh, many people would know I do a lot of poetry writing. 
that has been a big, big thing for me. Uh, it helps me up because I'm not one to express my feelings through, with say, spoken like face to face. I like to write things down. And then I kind of go back later on and review it and say, wow, something did happen. I did give me a turn point. Now, I still am like, I currently I am in a good place, but I do write a lot of dark stuff. And it's just the way I am. It's just what I like. And in regards, you, still, you did mention the uh, sexuality. Uh, many people may know me, so I listen to this. I am openly gay. And really, uh, coming out as being gay never affected my mental health whatsoever. I was one of the lucky ones that I had a loving mother, uh, a loving father, a fantastic family who were behind me from day one. And my friends, I couldn't have asked for better. So a lot of people who are, let's say, facing the challenge of coming out, uh, that may affect their mental health. As I always say, do speak to people. There is numerous mental health, uh, sorry, mental health, amount of help there for people in regards to uh, coming out, being gay, the experimental health. Like here in Clamel alone, and I have to say this, we have a fantastic organization known as LGBT Plus Mental Health. It's over in the um, Community Resource Center, and it's run by Jared Redding. Sorry, my apologies, Jared Seaton, I should say. And with that, Jared uh, has done outstanding work where that's concerned. He links people to services that may talk to so people might need to talk to the LGBT helpline, they may need to talk to belong to or stand up, like which are all mental health services for LGBT uh, QI plus or LGBT plus, whatever you want to call it. And like as I said, my sexuality has never ever affected my mental health. It's my own mind that done it, but where my sexuality is concerned, it has never affected my mental health whatsoever. And I'm out now nearly, well, I'm 38 now. I'm out nearly 22 years. So I'm out quite a long time with my sexuality. Perfect. It's a great answer, by the way. And the one point that I've been trying to tie in recently as well, and it's promoted recently, actually not through Alan, the friend that we met the last time that was very kindly with me on my journey from the US, but Alan Cotter, actually a poet, like you said, you love poetry. And he's mm. introduced me to the whole world of properly opening language and connecting to the soul. And like what I suppose his work is all through is, I suppose it's Irish in the sense of Celtic warriors. It's like men in Ireland are so, so, oh, I don't even know what phrase to put on this. I'd say broken. Old school? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say broken. I don't believe any man is broken. Well, I, well let me explain. Let, let me explain. Just because the reason I'm saying that is that it's to go with, point on not allowing themselves to be vulnerable in society mm. and I suppose to be able to come across as this image of say like a warrior or a Celtic warrior but not allowed to be vulnerable and like if we were like feminine in the way that we're creatively talking with poetry um, if the world was a lot more connected in that way that we could be vulnerable um, like the way we are here having open conversation interesting point to raise I don't know maybe broken might be the right word but there's definitely a lot of things hidden, maybe. I'm not sure. Is that the right way to put it? Yeah, a lot of things hidden. But in regards to the word broken, I wouldn't think so. The Irish man, and it's known right around the world, uh, we, don't, we don't share our feelings. Uh, we keep everything bottled up. And it's only in the last 5, 10, maybe 15 years at most 
that men are starting to share the problems. Like if you take, for instance, like our dads, our grandfathers, they would have never spoken to the wives about their feelings or anything like that. And like the wives are the soulmates and all that. Uh, it's the men that really are kind of, I wouldn't say broken. And I, it's just, they're, they just hide their feelings. And that's what it is. And that can help kind of build up and build up. And then you break down and then you open up. And then once you open up, you know yourself, you just, you pour, you pour your heart out. No matter who it is, it could be your wife, it could be your sister, your brother. But one thing I don't, I know where you're coming from when the word's broken, but I don't think any man is broken. What it is, is it's just the typical Irish male, no matter what your sexuality is, uh, we are we are led to believe around the world that we are kings and we are, we are mighty and that we are warriors and that we just don't talk. And like, it's one thing that you said, like really pulled you through with your family as well. And the one thing I say probably more in another way would be the one analogy I love is that analogy of, you know, you're a captain of your own ship. Um, and the one thing in that sense with the journey of um, maybe broken is the wrong phrase, but maybe more, I suppose, um, raw, I'd say, or authentically would be lost. Mm. Like, yeah, with trying to help men find themselves, trying to get them to actually stop and say, right, not looking for materialistic external satisfaction and say, right, how am I? Um, maybe that's more of a journey that I'm trying to get mm. at. Maybe broken yeah. is probably what what probably people feel like when they break down, but that's another conversation as well. But the point I wanted to kind of sensitively segue mm. into was you were talking about family and like mm. Irish people, oh my God, like tribal families, incredible. Um, I think around the world, you know, we're very much looked at for the level of traditional, you know, beliefs with our family heritage as well. And what I'm trying to get at here is that, yes, there's no support from, say, systems at the moment, you know, locally here, but there's so much opportunity from a natural, holistic way. Nature is the real, you know, journey on uh, recovery uh, that I've been shown. And I, I'm so blessed to be able to look at that and think, you know, that that's the way forward. But in regards to what you just said there, Rory, it's not just nature or holistic. Uh, look at the artistic side of things as well. Yeah, many, yeah, many, yeah, very many people, right, actually. Very many people right. have really expressed themselves through art. And mm. I have seen this firsthand. And when I was on the Consumer House Mental Health, uh, our vice chair uh, came up with the idea of having what's known as an artist-made oak tree oh, to place wow. it in the Community Mental Health Centre. Now, it's wow. not a tree that can buy in plants. This was made from scratch. Paper mache, plastic uh, things, and it turned into be something fabulous. It is now five, sorry, four years old. It is. Just, yes. It's four, fourth birthday, it's gone. And if anyone has been in the Community Health Centre in Clownell, they will see it, that it is absolutely fabulous. And that was done by people. I don't like using the word service users. I know it's the correct term, but yeah. it's done by people who have went through their own experiences and to see what they created from making up little mock birds to fantastic leaves where people can write messages of hope and love and all that and place it on the tree. And this is indoors. 
So this is seen every daily, not just by staff, but people that attend the Indian Health Centre. So art is a big thing, and not just all about like people drawing and all that. There is other arts that you have music and you have other ways of doing it as well. And music is another great thing as well to get to help you out through it. As I know yeah. myself, because I said I've done broadcasting for 17 years, and I'm a great fan of music. I love listening to music. And that has helped a lot of people as well through their own mental health. And it's so true with the traditional side of even a lot of the stuff I've been listening to this week in my own tempo. Like I've been doing dancing recently, even a thing called five rhythm dancing, mm, uh, which again good. is all to do with, you know, connecting with movement and tempo and beats and mm. energy, you know, really the whole world that we're talking about here is like how you can, you know, display energy. Like someone puts so much effort into as you said, call it a musical piece or anything creatively, artistically, and the vibrance, like people would just see it and it's inspirational, you know, yeah. and it's so stark, it's so beautiful, that is creativity. And I don't think I would have been opened to this world of creativity was it not for my struggles. Like I was never mm. this way two or three years ago. And I'm so grateful for my struggle that now, as you said, like with the darker language or whatever it might be, that there's actually a huge beauty that actually can come through such dark, challenging times. It's such a contrast. But then again, there's night and day, and they match and they blend together. But night can be a difficult part as well for people, because yeah, a lot of people time. spend the night on their own and all that, like maybe one. Now I'm lucky, you see it there where, where you're sitting. In my sitting room, like I have, I have my laptop, I have my television, I have all that. Like Many people out there don't have them luxuries to help them. Uh, so oh, many, people, many people turn to old school things like the radio. Uh, the radio used to be a fantastic thing to help people connect with the world. And it's not just, let's say, listening to the likes of Nathan Carter or Michael Jackson or Queen or anything like that, but even listening to the local news, both young and old, back in the day. Like, that was a source of outlet. Like, that's where they, they used to get their thing from. And even, even people like today, like even going out, sitting on a wall in your church, even having to say a little prayer, like if you are, if you are like spiritual like that, like and all that, like and I'm not just talking about the Catholic, I'm talking about all faiths, whatever way you practice your religion and, and like that, like it can help in some little way. But oh my God. in regards, very, like very in good regards to the old radio, in regards to the old radio, like that was probably one of the big things, and still is one of the big things today that helps a lot of people through uh, their mental health and everything like that. Knowing that there's people out there that and what got you. What got you into the whole journey of your broadcasting? You were take 17 years ago. A friend of mine that lived near me recommended to me. And I saw then to one of my neighbors who used to work in the hospital. I spoke to the station manager up there. And I was brought up and I was trained up and just got into like then. And then I found out more about the friends of the hospital and all that. And how it came about. So really, just by pure hobby. Many people said, well, I'm not going to mainstream radio. The answer was no. I'd love to maybe do one or two shows on the likes of maybe Beat FM or 2FM or anything like that. But when it comes to us radio, I'm delighted to be able to do that because it's not a controlled environment. Yeah. Like the music you want to play on Hoss Radio is music that you like, but you know out there that you're going to play something. You might like some, something from the 70s, 80s and 90s. Half your audience might hate that. As I said, it's not as controlled as commercial radio where you're told in the morning, there's your playlist. Hoss Radio like, is you pick music yourself or you let your listeners pick it as well. And many of the listeners do pick it and you have great, great fun with it. Even with podcasting, I found the same naturally. You know, it's just, it gives you that open 
capacity just to be able to help, you know, you can kind of, what's the word, maybe paddle in directions that you wouldn't be able to do yeah. under, as you said, normal frequencies. Like you can bring up things like, and I've heard like before, like there used to be a radio station in Dublin on 98FM used to do it. I was at 104, it was one of my anyway. I used to do a nighttime show. And because it was after the work at hours, they could talk about absolutely from drugs in Ballymun to people having sex on Sound of the Bridge in Dublin. So like those things happen late at night, but you can't do it during the daytime. That's one thing because you have to watch the set where your teeth are crossing your eyes off when it comes to commercial and national radio. But when it comes to hospital radio, your choice is your music. Of course, there is protocol and there is uh, things where you just watch what you just have to say that you don't like get into the depths of slagging off about the HSC or you're slagging off about the government like that. Like your audience is your patience and you're catering for them and they just want light-hearted stuff. Like maybe a funny joke, like why did you cross the road or something like that on this day in years gone by that they might remember. I mean, talk about like a really in the years that you watched on television last year and it was spoken. I, 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 I actually only watched the most recent <laughs> yeah. series in the last few weeks. Mm. And like, even looking at that, you could talk about that. And then you might see the text messages start coming in and people's connection messages. It's healing. It is healing to do our brain. It was a great source for me when I went to my own bad self that was able to go up there and play the music that I liked, as well as playing the music for people that wanted it as well. Like, so like, I'd often do my own three in a row like that I like. So might be have to, oh, here, here's three songs from Nathan Carter. Or here's three songs from Queen, or here's three songs from Cam Scott or something like that. So well said. And connecting hearts is like one of those journeys that would make me like close my eyes and just think of how, you know, uh, love in Irish is grow. Mm. And like the, the magic of, you know, you think of, you know, how quickly, you know, someone can go, you know, viral from, you know, a music uh, piece in any capacity. When you're creative, I think, you know, a lot of people that I've come across through artistic ways, nearly the best stuff comes when they struggle because it's so honest. There's like yeah. no taboo in it. It's just straight up, lyrically speaking. And the one thing that I've learned even more recently was that all of the stuff we were talking through there is a journey. So like how a song is put together, you know, between the lyrics, poetry put together, uh, essentially then, and the lyrics put together beside that is like, that's something I never would have realized. I, I, I never, I was only saying this to my mom recently, I never realized that I was, you know, musically inclined or whatever, but I remember only even this week, three years ago, being down in Cape Town and playing the Jemba Jemba and all the rest of it. Oh my God, it's so much fun. It's just, it's it's such an amazing outlet. And it's what we're probably known for best around the world is the music and the tradition and all these major things that our world's culture has really taken off with. As I said, with the dancing, like the best thing I suppose naturally known would have been river dance. Yeah, and the success sport. behind that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Many people would Go say that, that back in 1994, uh, it was the end of the three in a row for Ireland to win the Eurovision uh, with Paul Harrington, Charlie McGettigan, uh, Rock and Roll Kids. But what mm -hmm. captured the nation that year, not just the nation, but what captured the world and millions of people that watched it was Gene Butler and Michael Flatley doing the river dance from oh, Mill Street yeah. in County Cork. Like one of the biggest venues, I'd say, that Ireland has. That really won the heart of Europe. And to this day, like we're talking nearly 30 years, river dance is known as being like the pure winner for me, for Europe of 1994. 
because I'm a massive, massive Eurovision fan. I love it. Yeah, and very well said. Back then, like that's what captured the world was Riverdance, and to this day, it's still going in different things. Like Gene Butler and Michael Batley have went their own ways, and they've all done their own things. But man, you have brought it on, and it's just, it's just great capturing the audience. And again, people that um, may not be musical talented, they might have feet of gods. Just think how that could be helping them with their own mental health as well. Before I do launch this question onto the fairway, please God, it would be an honor just to say thank you so much for sharing the time. You're always an honor and a pleasure to chat to. I'll, I'll, I'll lead with this and then I'll come in with the Oscar a bit. Well, but just before uh, you go with that, I just want to go one for thing, uh, two things I want to say. Clamdell Remembrance Walk is going ahead in some shape or form on the 10th of September. And oh, yeah. Also, we will be doing something extra in regards to producing a small video in relation to mental health awareness. So watch oh, this. Oh, yes. Yeah. And maybe maybe that's a lovely piece to actually tie in my last question with. My question really is with that is how do we help, say, families or communities or members, say, individuals that suffer know what to do um, and what advice would we give them? In that idea, maybe of the video, maybe that's something to come to in the next few weeks. But yeah. I suppose in, in my thoughts anyway, and I'll leave it to you for the final send off is it's about connecting to the soul of making sure that we're all in this together. Like we have to accept each other through this journey and make sure mm-hmm. that we all work together. In that way, I would say leave it over to you before we close it up. But it's just a matter of if we can all help each other through it, like COVID, it's amazing what we can achieve. Mm. All I'll say there is when it comes to mental health, don't be a keyboard warrior. Get out there. Put your words where your mouth is. Speak to your communities. Get things active. Reach out to people. If you're in need of crisis, talk. It's the best thing. Remember one thing, a problem shared is a problem halved. And it's one thing I'm I'm starting to believe it and it's true. A problem shared is a problem halved. If you have the weight of the world on your shoulder, talk to someone. As I said already during the interview, there is some great, great characters out there. And I'm going to keep it local. You have Seesaw. You have Taxi Watch Carmel. River Street Suicide Club, for anyone up in Nina, uh, in North Tipperary, you have the Karma services, which is fantastic. There is the national helplines like Peter House alone, you have uh, the LGBT networks and all them. They're all there. And there's one thing I want to say now, I know it's a HSC, it's a HSC door service, but it's something that has really helped me through it, is the tech service. Many people don't like to talk you can use the text service. It's text the word hello to 50808. There's trained people on that service that will help out. And I must say, it has helped me a lot. Just by texting, you could sit in your bed, reel, reel down, you don't talk to anyone, text. Because we all we all love texting. Ireland is known for it. We send millions of texts a day, if not a, if not a, if not a week. Uh, but everyone knows that that service is there and it's a great service. And as I said, but if you need to talk, talk to someone. It doesn't have to be your mother or father. Talk to your friend. Talk to your neighbor. Or even talk to a stranger on the street. If they're willing to listen, they will listen. And as you said, it's like us talking in different rooms as we close out this conversation. And as I said, I'm so 
focused at the moment uh, on emphasizing my Irish to say for those of you uh, listening from abroad that means thank you very much in Ireland fall is uh, goodbye for now and Thomas we will definitely pick this up again and as you said we'll stay tuned and keep an eye on those pieces of content that we'll work on in the next few weeks and I'll leave you for the moment to say any final thought but honoured uh, privileged and so full of gratitude I'm so privileged that we've connected and I'll just say Rory before you do Garamina Magus Agus Ganeiman Pauliv Accordia so that means thank you very much and best luck Kevin Welcome to My World, Riff Raff and Rory podcast. Episodes will be available every Monday and you can listen to the podcast on all podcast streaming platforms. Follow me on Insta, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. All of my handles are in the show notes. Thanks very much. Tune in next week. Mm-hmm.